We have a powerhouse on the show today. We have Lauren Taylor, who is not only a TikTok sensation, but also now an Instagram sensation. She has managed to build her account from zero to 100,000 followers in a year on TikTok. Now she's moving over to Instagram. And today she's going to be chatting all about how to do reels, how to make them successful for your business, why you need to be doing them, and what we are all getting wrong. So this is something that you definitely don't want to miss out on. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. All right, well, welcome Lauren Taylor to the show. We're so glad to have you. Um, one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on the show is I was sitting on one of the Monday masterminds and you piped in on one of the questions that was asked. I'm like, who is this badass babe? I'm like, I need to look her up. So then I'm doing a little side Instagram, um, like sleuth or whatever you call it. <laughs> and I found you on social media and then started following you on TikTok also. And I just love like, I'm so impressed with like how you went hard on TikTok last year. You're like, this is going to be my mission and I'm going to build this platform and you and gangbusters. So I'm like, Christy, we need to interview her and like ask you all the things. So that's why we're here. Awesome. I love it. I'm I'm excited to tell you that me focusing on, on TikTok for a year was a mistake. Oh, well, we'll we'll get, we'll get into that in the show, but like Lauren, tell us about yourself. Yeah. So I, um, I started in real estate in San Diego. I was in finance before real estate. And then when I got in, my husband was, um, Navy and that really got me into military relocation where I fell in love deeper with my first love, which is Facebook and Facebook groups. Um, and so I created a military relocation program for families who are moving in and out of the area in the military in 2018, we expanded that nationwide. And now we have over 100,000 families that we serve across 100 bases. And we do about 5,000 transactions a year. That's and incredible. then, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's been an incredible journey. You know, the thing that I love the most about PCS Pay It Forward is that while we may sell a great deal of houses a year through that program, every person who comes to our program gives the help that they need. And that's really what it was designed to serve. It was like problem solution. People were coming to the area anyone's willing to sell them a house, right? You get a commission check, but no one's willing to show them a rental. Not in San Diego. There was no, there's no compensation. It was like $50. And the $50 I had to pay you means your client's not going to get it because I have to deal with you. And then I have to pay you $50. That was yeah. kind of like the feeling of getting people into rentals. And then if they go to base housing and base housing serves them. So there was like this huge gap in service and the FBI actually came up with a warning and was like, Hey, we're getting a lot of, uh, fraudulent rental scams. They're really geared towards our military families. And right now, the average military move costs our families like five grand. So cost you five grand, 
Then you put a fraudulent or a deposit down on a fraudulent property, right? And now we've lost our $3,000 of savings or however much it was. Like, we don't have that room for error in our community. No, so no, no. It, was, it was really born out of trying to fill that gap in service. I was like, if no one's going to step up and do it, then let's try to fill that gap. And then it just went crazy and expanded. So we've been so blessed. All of our um, pay it forward ambassadors are real estate professionals. Um, they're at all different brokerages across the country and they are all military spouses or veterans. So they, they know the life, they know the obstacles and it's just the greatest community to be a part of. So that's, that's my, so my foundational background. That's amazing. <laughs> I love wow. that. Well, where are yeah. you guys based now? So we moved out to Nashville in October, 2020. We were one of those people. Wow. And if you're listening from Tennessee, I told California that it's closed. Don't worry. We were the last ones that were allowed in. <laughs> Hopefully no one else is coming. I'm really sorry. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So we're out, but I closed down my team when we moved. I was still kind of doing some sales, but honestly, I needed to focus on PCS Pay It Forward to really do it justice. So I replaced myself in San Diego and I just moved more into like the national brand management. But I think the neatest thing about that, that the agents will be very interested in hearing is that it was off of, we've done and built Pay It Forward off of a $0 ad spend. So when I say that we are like, I'm a true like organic lead specialist in terms of bringing value um, solutions to the table that like attract your ideal client, like that's what we've been doing since the beginning. Um, We just have now, I say we, it's obviously me and my business partner, our team. What we've now been doing is how do these same principles apply to different platforms? So obviously TikTok, you know, December 21st, 2021. One, yeah, I was like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it big on TikTok, and I did, and I went for it. And I said, I'm gonna focus on it for a year, and I'm going to like really know this platform. Um, and it was awesome. I gained like 100,000 followers. It just, you know, immediately my personal brand became known, like kind of going from unknown to in demand, which is a huge shift. And the thing I want people to know about that the most is that I'm no different than the person I was with zero followers. But mm-hmm. when more people are exposed to your message, then you have the more opportunity to help people. And I know there are some incredible agents out there who, you know, your guys' title, right? Like get your face off the park bench. Like you need a better place to share your message because you are incredible. You having a hundred thousand followers is not the thing that makes you incredible. You're incredible. And therefore you have to try to get that following because the world deserves to be served by incredible people. And so I've really been working to inspire agents to look from that perspective because I feel like some of the best, most caring agents just don't feel comfortable putting themselves out there. They feel like it's an ego play. And I'm like, it's not. It's it's a service play. It is anything but ego. The people who make it about ego are the ones who, you know, we're driving down a Lambo and renting cars for these videos. Like, But if you just show up and show people who you are and how you serve, that's that's how you build authentic relationships with people online. And that's can turn into a pretty substantial pipeline. We love I, that. I love this so much. Oh my goodness. I want to give you a This is right hug. up Christy's this alley. so fantastic. I know. Beth told me, she was like, we don't record that. We don't video record this. I was like, excuse me? I literally responded and was like, we're going to fix that. <laughs> you did. I love it. I love it so much. And we are video recording right now. So yes. We are. Yes, we are. So And you look I, great. I would love to know why TikTok, like why did you choose that platform to blow up 
And now you're crushing your Instagram. So like why these platforms and why did you start with TikTok? So TikTok, so Instagram to me felt very intimidating. I hadn't tried to grow, but I felt like I needed to be someone else to grow. And I say especially um, because I probably look like the average person that you see on TikTok or on Instagram, just like a middle-aged white woman, like trying to grow an audience. I don't know. I just pretty generic and pretty basic. So I just, I felt like there was, I didn't see how I could be me in the format that won on Instagram, but I'm, I don't take myself very seriously and I do curse a little bit and I was like, and I do, I am rather funny. Um, So I was like, I feel like I could apply myself and my personality to TikTok um, and be accepted more easily. Now, I now see that very much as a limitation of my personal thinking and I'm like moving through that. Um. But that was why I chose TikTok. I also felt like it was a space where there was a lot of growth opportunity. Um, Even agents listening right now, guys, there is not a number one agent in your city on TikTok yet. And so you could be that. And if you reround time and went back to when YouTube first started and I'm standing in front of you, I was like, this is going to be big, but you have to start today. Do you wish you went back in time and started YouTube to be the number one agent in your city? No one says no. No one says no. But right. yet we're passing up the opportunity to be the number one agent in this next platform. Why? Because it's a dancing app for kids. That's how they all start. I was one of the first eight schools on Facebook. Like I remember when Facebook came out and the dorm went crazy. I was a freshman. It went crazy. Like we were literally number, I'm probably user number like 16,000. But that's how it starts, right? So we, it, the social platforms have already been proven the cycles. So you have a choice. You can either move behind the cycles or you can be in front of the cycles and know that that wave is going to push you forward. So that's really why I chose TikTok is because I felt like I know that that wave has come and is coming. And it's the next place to be. It's still early right now. Even with all the buzz that it's had, we're still really early. I love that. No one's too late. You can still mm-hmm. do this. What Absolutely. made you shift now? You had mentioned like some mindset stuff that kind of held you back from Instagram. What made you shift to putting a lot more effort there? So I believe in diversifying our, um, our, our revenue streams, like our income, right. And our messaging. Um, so once TikTok had really like taken off, I really wanted to start experimenting with other platforms. Um, and Instagram just made the most sense next. I also think that it, it is true. There are more established buyers on Instagram. Okay. So meaning the demographic is naturally older. They do have a little bit more of a disposable income. They don't necessarily want to learn TikTok yet. Right. So let's go there to be early there, but right now to build like a potential client base, that is a great space to be as anyone who is like a business owner. Um, and I just saw how it could translate very easily. Um, the shorts that I was using on TikTok and then the shorts that I brought to Instagram. So I started with repurposing and I have to apologize to everyone who took my advice on repurposing. I know it, it works for a lot of people. And this is what I'll always tell you. I don't know everything. I'm going to fit experiment faster. I'm going to fail faster. I'm going to tell you what I find out. And so when I first started, I was repurposing my content from TikTok to Instagram. And that was enough for me because Number one, I don't need to be good at everything. I need to be good at one thing. So if you're someone out there, it's like, well, Lauren, I'm killing it on Facebook. Then like, you don't have to be good at every tool. Um, but in the same way, I was so I was 
that was where my threshold was. And so I was resharing and I was maybe getting like a couple hundred views on my reels, but it was definitely nothing compared to my TikTok, right? And then, then I reviewed my annual analytics on my metrical account, which is my favorite um, data anal- analyzing account for social. And I realized that on a per post basis, I gained more followers on Instagram than I did on TikTok. And likes and followers don't feed my family, just to be clear, okay? So likes and followers don't feed your family, but in terms of validating you as an expert in your field, it does hold some weight. And so I realized is if I had just re-existed my year on Instagram, if I had put the same energy and effort into Instagram that I had in TikTok, then my baseline of what other people measure as success, not what I measure as success, but would have been further. And what I know also is that along that way, sales come along. So I probably could have been further along. So that's why I say now too, focusing on TikTok for a year was a mistake because I lost probably nine months by just saying, hey, okay, I got this. I'm going to continue to execute. Now I need to expand. And so now I'm getting to the point where I've been really focusing on Instagram for, it was like December 15th that I decided to do it. Um, I think we're we're around 38,000 followers. I started with like 2,000. Um, where I'm like, okay, what's next? Now I'm learning from my mistake. I'm like, I can't sit here for a year. I know the model. I know my own success formula here. Now I just have to you know, continue to deliver and, and continue to supply my success model. But now do we go YouTube? Do you go Twitter? Do you go, I don't even know. Where, where do you go next? <laughs> what's I that? learned, I learned enough to know you don't sit still. I learned that enough. <laughs> wow. So... Uh, okay, so we love that you've mastered that filler content, or or I think that you call it the the B roll, right? The B roll, which is so cool. Um, can you share how like we can successfully do that in our lives when we're like still feeling present and not always having a phone in our hands? Yeah, absolutely. So it's so funny. I have um, a girl that I'm working with, and she sends me a video yesterday because she's working on building up her B roll content, and she sends me a video, and it's like her at her desk, and she's like like, you know, ready. And then it's like very clear, like her husband may be in the background, like holding, <laughs> holding a light. Like try it. You could like see the light climb in the camera. And I was like, you, <laughs> I hope you show this video somewhere. I was like, you know, you can just like actually work. instructions wrong i love it but, but i love it because like that's what you guys see you're like okay so i'm gonna set up my camera and then i'm gonna be like i'm like just actually do your work like just put the camera in the corner and do your work like when you're going on your walk just like actually record yourself on a walk like don't go on a watch record yourself i think people take anyway. it too literally yeah. that's part of the problem is that people are like I don't even know how to do this. <laughs> it's so funny of you to you forget how to be human. It's like just record yourself being human. And then people like immediately forget. Sorry, this is the worst podcast interview ever. I don't know why I'm watching Tom. But this is a fun. Um, anyway, like literally just record your everyday life. I mean, the funny thing is, is I put out a list. I mean, if that's not the funny thing, this is the funny thing. I put out a list of like um, top 30 B-roll ideas for winter. And it's like, you know, sledding, like snowball fight with your kids. And I'm like, 
look, like, you should be doing those things anyway. This is a part of taking, forget content creation. This is where we document our lives. People work with you because they want to know who you are, not what you do. So show them what you do through who you are. And I think that, that that's like the mindset shift that I'd like to see a lot of agents take with this. But it's all about working it into your everyday life. I've actually really moved away from like the talking head content, which is so big. I've never been a fan of that, of like the, and I say Gary Vee, I love Gary Vee, but like the, like, it's like the green and the white and the, and the captions everywhere. And it's very formulaic, right? But to me, it's not authentic. That's not who I am. I know a lot of people are very successful with that content, but I think it creates a bar or a threshold to get into content creation where it's like, great. I need a camera. I need lighting. I need a production person. I need someone to follow me around a conference and make be like make B-roll content of me. I need a video editor. Like I need all of these things to be able to do this. Where in reality, we just need to come to our audience and show them who we are. So I think that building a B-roll album really helps because it takes a lot of the think work out of it. If we just on our phones have you know, video of us working and video of us cleaning up around the house and like organizing our desk, desk space and driving and on our walks, then you can just fit everyday con or everyday work content into that. Um, it just makes it easier. It's like one part, one part of the equation is taken care of. You make it sound so easy. I totally overthink it. Like the girl with the, the lighting and the camera and like, yeah, having but my husband be like the grip person. Yeah. That's totally me. <laughs> And that's probably what kept me from getting on Instagram, to be honest, is because yeah. I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. And then I was like, no, I'm just, I'm just going to be me, but here. And there's this very interesting thing that I try to work with, um, with people that want to get into content creation as quickly as possible. Because when we look at all these different creators and what they're putting out, or if we take people's scripts and what they're doing, what we do is we become a mirror of what already exists. And every time that there's a mirror, it gets a little bit dimmer, right? So maybe the person that created that system is absolutely incredible, but then they're like spreading these, you know, these 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 scripts down the series, and every time someone does it, it gets a little bit less bright because it's a little bit less original, right? And it's not us. So if we can come to a place of kind of taking a deep breath, like there's this moment when we go to record, and everyone has it like in the pit of their stomach, where it's like, <laughs> right? Well, you tense up. You tense up just a little bit and I'm like, can we just breathe that out and like, just talk? And this is one of the reasons why I love um, the side view, like coaching that you see uh, on my channel, because I'm just coaching my clients and then I just trim it down. I'm just, it's what's already happening. It's what I'm already saying. It's the legitimate advice that I would give some someone. It's not prepped and primed and produced and, you know, shined up and, you know, and edited it's, it's raw. It's exactly what it is. Um, and I feel like that really connects with people. I think that's what I really loved about your page when I started following you. I'm like, yes, she's like the real deal. I feel like we would be friends. I mean, yeah. in my mind, we already are friends, just by the way. I, mean, I, I was actually kind of <laughs> insulted that you just said that. I was like, I didn't know we weren't there yet, but okay. <laughs> I love how you describe it as it gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer because that is, it gets, yep. like we talk about, it gets so loud out there. It's like so loud and so much. And it's like an overload of a very similar thing. And that's such yeah. a great way of describing that. But you know what there isn't? There's like only, well, there's only one Beth. 
Like you are, we are all like a very unique person and it's more about empowering that uniqueness. And even if I had a woman who was like, I'm worried about my accent. And I was like, that's what makes you incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, why would, that's your superpower. Why would you be worried about that? There's someone that's like, I'm a little overweight. I'm like, great. There's a whole bunch of overweight people who want to see exactly someone like them. Like there is someone out there who's looking for someone like you to have the courage to put yourself on camera so they can relate to you. But we have to have, be the one that has the courage first to do it. And so, you know, really moving into that space of if I can just be myself and exist and sh- share that with the world, like I already fill like a very specific gap in the market because I'm me and no one else can fill that gap. But when I take someone else's scripts and someone else's ideas and someone else's content and someone else's, you know, I'm just trying to like trying to get views and trying to get followers. That's when I feel like we get lost in the system and we end up you know, getting discouraged because we don't get, it's not received the same way because for that person, that's original to them and that's incredible. But for you, we're just kind of looking like them. Yeah. So true. It's so true. Okay. So let's pivot a smidge. How do you Mm -hmm. do it all? Like, that's what I would love to know. Like you're growing your EXP downline, you're mentoring agents, military life, social media star, offering courses, being involved in groups and being a mama, like how do you do it all? And like really like have that balance in life? So it it's a choice to prioritize, right? Um, something that really changed my life was a couple of books I read. The first one was The Millionaire Mindset. And he talked about, um, just read the book and you'll understand why. And the other one was Four Hour Work Week. And the Four Hour Work Week to me was very pivotal in how you can I was very good at selling houses. I was not good at building businesses. So that, that was a learned skill for me. And so I was, by the end of my first year, I was ready to quit because I had made so much money that I didn't know was possible, but it was so much energy and like exhaustion and anxiety on me that I was like, it's not worth it. And so instead of quitting, I, I hired a coach. I read the four hour work week. And I really committed to like systematizing my business and creating operations, which is so unsexy guys. But now you look at me and I'm like, Oh my God, like talk dirty to me. Like, let's talk about data. Like my husband comes in here and I'm like, you want to talk about spreadsheets? Yes. Like that never pumped me up before. But now if you track your data and you know what's happening, like in your content, now I have to make less content to get a better result. And so now I have more time. Right. So it all comes back to, I don't have time to track, but if we made the time to track, then we wouldn't have to do as much. And that is in all pipelines, whether that's mailing, whether that's um, door knocking, open housing. If you actually knew for every 10 people who walked through your open house that you sold a home, you great. Like how quickly can we pump 10 people through, but mm-hmm. we don't take the time to track it. And that's when it, it really becomes like exhausting. So I really took the time to build out systems. I'm very leveraged. I have an incredible business partner who runs like most of the business side. He does like all of our contracts and all of our um, our financials and everything like that, all of the legal stuff, all the things that Lauren Taylor hates, <laughs> frankly. Um, and then we, we built out a purely international team. So we had help here in the States. Um, I believe that people are people. We have an incredible international team of, I want to say now six, um, I don't want to say virtual assistants. That's not the right world. We're their full-time family for us. Um, and they show up every single day and they support us. And it's, you know, I have a series of questions I ask myself every single day to make sure that I'm like actually giving 
getting things off my plate to get them done and getting out of people's way because most of us are like the worst bottleneck in our business ever. And that, and when I came to like that awareness of I am like my own worst enemy, my own worst bottleneck, then I, I knew that it was in my responsibility to create a system where things could flow through me so other people could help me. And that gives me the time to be with my kids. So I love it so much. I think the most important thing is like, no one's born with these skills, guys. Like no. I had a girl on my Instagram yesterday and she was like, you're either born with it or you're not. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's like saying like, you're the born, like, no, no, that's, that, I was not born with this. Like I can barely spell still. Like it's a, like it is a learned skill to become good at business, to invest in books and watch YouTube videos and listen to podcasts and be able to identify where our weaknesses are and hire around them and to learn how to be a better business owner. It's possible. Like I was not a good business owner. I learned everything. I was an English communications major. Well, like you just said, it's a choice too. You, you're choosing where that time is going and where, how you're spending those efforts. Which I think I mean, is that's the so big, everything's a choice, right? Yes. Everything is a choice. Like the simplest, if you, the simplest realization that everything is a choice, the choice yeah. to walk away and not do our work, the choice to stay and do it, the choice to do the hard thing first, the choice to not do the hard thing first. You know, there's a great um, gentleman I was following him for a while. And he was talking about how we choose our hard, like being mm-hmm. poor is hard, you know? Mm-hmm. But doing the work is hard too. Mm-hmm. So which hard do you want? Tom Ferry talks true. about that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that like those little one-liners are enough for me to like hack myself into place of being disciplined at work and, and making sure that I'm creating a system that actually serves me and my family versus something's going to fall apart when I try to take a step away for a vacation. That's mm-hmm. really powerful. Yeah. So – that kind of brings me into this question here a little bit. So we've seen firsthand agents will go either all in just with the business side or all in with social, like getting super distracted. But like really that blending of them together is can be really challenging. Can you share like how to successfully blend that and how you've done that into your life so they're working together instead of one and then the other and then, you know, it's teeter-tottering? Yeah, I think you have to recognize that social, the goal of social is to build relationships and drive sales. Like, number one rule of marketing, increase the number of people who know you exist. That's it. People who don't know you exist cannot buy things from you. I don't care what you're selling. It's not possible. It's just, if you have a way, please call me. I would love to hear a way. I would love <laughs> if someone heard me wrong on this because this is like a foundational belief that I have. Um, but so that's rule number one. And what I found is that social is just the best way to do that. It's the most scalable. It's the most effective way um, when done properly, right? But so all social is this top of funnel. Number one, they have to know I exist. Number two, they have to know, they see me as an expert in their eyes. Um, and number three, I have to be the easiest person for them to reach out to for help. That's it. Oh, that so number always, is so good. Mm-hmm. So good. If that's all it is. If you can come to your content and your posts and you can make it about them and not about you, and you can be the easiest person to reach out to for help, your business will double, triple, quadruple, maybe even. That's so it true. really is. It, that's it like the drives, magic right there. Yeah, it drives the sales. So something that I love to do with my agents, because I do love the system metrical that I was just telling you guys about, it lets you track the analytics of all of your social channels. And something's really funny. I'm like, what was your best video this month? I was like, 
oh my God, this one, I got a million views. I'm like, great. Let me go into your account. So this one, this one had a million views and like three comments. This one had 300 comments and 10,000 views. Tell me why this one is better in your mind. What purpose does it serve? We have to really ask ourselves, like, what's the goal of doing this is to build relationships. Can you build relationships with people who aren't interacting with you? Probably not. One of my proudest things is that my Instagram account right now for the last 30 days has outperformed Alex Hermosi for engagement. If you all know who Alex Hermosi is, look him up because he's incredible. And even saying that out loud makes me want to throw up because I'm so <laughs> nervous <laughs> by saying that. He has like 700,000 followers. He's an engagement rate of like 28% or 20%, which is just insanity for how many followers he has. Usually the more you get, the less engagement you have. Um, but that's what I focus on. I don't focus on the growth. I don't focus on the views. I focus on the engagement. It all drives it from there. But if you can look at that in data, right, in analytics to say these five videos were my most engaged videos. So then why? What do they all have in common? What prompted the conversation? What prompted the response? And then go to your link in bio. Okay. So this is very technical, guys. I want you to write this down. <laughs> go to your link in bio and look at your analytics. Beth, what, who has your link in bio? Like, is it Linktree? Is it? Yeah, um, Linktree. Okay. When's the last time you looked at your Linktree analytics? Uh, not for a while. Have you I ever looked at your Linktree analytics? Be honest. Hold on. Have you ever looked at your Linktree analytics? I have, actually. I okay. have. Okay. Yeah. How do those dictate your content creation? Um, They don't really, or I don't know. I mean, we, Christy is like the behind the scenes analytics. She loves analytics probably as much as you do. It's her jam. I love language here. Um, We pull a lot from the leads that we get to the email subscriptions from the link tree. Yeah. Perfect. So one of the mistakes that people make, right, is that they look at the views like this is success. And I'm like, let's look at the the clicks. Let's look at the Mm opt-ins. And usually it is those videos who are our less performing videos that are some of our highest opt-in videos because each one serves a different purpose. Um, but knowing that, right, if our goal is to drive leads, I don't want to create more videos to give me a million views, but don't give me any clients. Don't give me any relationships. I want to create more of the videos who drive traffic actually through my system because that's them just raising their hand and be like, Hey, I'd like to be in closer relationship with you. And then that's the way we have to look at it. Like, this is just a person who wants to be in closer relationship with me. I say that like 10 times over because... exactly what it is and we get so caught up in those those clicks or those views and like that sort of thing the number like that gives us that like feel good right that sensation of ooh, Mm -hmm. and it's it's just not that yeah there was a woman in my comments I do remember my troll comments which by the way I have a business idea maybe you'll like it (laughs) I want to like take my own troll comments and get them on t-shirts where it's like, be awesome. like okay, so I'll, it'll be like custom made. Okay. So if you're an Etsy and you're a designer and you're listening to me, but it'll be like user six, six, seven, 18, 21. And there was this person who literally used to follow me around TikTok and be like, oh man, I have a lazy eye too. Oh, like, oh, people are assholes. And I was like, I don't think I have a lazy eye. And if they got so in my head, then they convinced myself that I had a lazy eye. But I was like, what a brilliant, like, troll comment. But I want to put on a t shirt where it's like, and then some other guy was like, you're an idiot. But he spelled it like Y O U. Like, why are you on t-shirt material? <laughs> and I responded with, like, why, like, the proper, your, you are an yeah. idiot. Um, and that was great. But anyway, I want to put this on a t-shirt. 
I totally love my idea. Up. You should totally do that. I'm planning on it. That's this new LT swag coming out. Females t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> I, I totally forgot what we were talking about. That. Oh, she said, oh, she was in my comments. She was like trolling me. And she was like, yeah, but your videos are like super inconsistent. Um, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like my views go up, my views go down, but you know what it does? <clears throat> Consistently pays my mortgage. Boom. Yeah. There you go. You want to see my, like my income every single month that comes off of these videos. I could care less if that one got a million views and that one got 10,000 views. It served yeah. the person it was meant to serve. I could care less if that one got a hundred views because a hundred views that that video got served a hundred people it was meant to serve. And I'm not going to delete it because of my ego, I'm going to let it ride. Yeah. It will find the person that was meant to serve. Yeah. Totally. Yes. Oh my gosh. People are so freaking crazy. Um, okay. Just trolls. Just, just trolls. So part of my big why is coming from contribution. And I love that yours really is too. Um, let Can we talk a little bit more about your pay it forward today? You talked a little bit about that in the intro. Like yeah. why, like where did this stem from? And like, why is it so important for you to serve military families? Yeah. I, so seeing firsthand what was happening to our families, I had a woman who moved next to me in San Diego and she uh, had been in the Navy Lodge for a good like six weeks with her two kids under the age of three and a newborn because the moment they got to San Diego, her husband was sent out on flights and that was not normal. That is not normal. But in my head, I was like, I think I would jump out the window before I spent like that amount of time with those young kids in the enclosed space. Like I was a young mother. Is my that? Is it like Navy it's hotel, just, it's hotel or what? It's basically a hotel. Oh, okay. Could you imagine? No, that would be terrible. Like, I, I mean, I don't even want to do that. My kids are nine, seven, they're old. Right. So, um, that, and then I was actually holding an open house for a rental that I had. And this, this family wandered in and they're like, Hey, we're looking for like a rental in the area. And when we got here, every single mil, every single agent canceled us because the agents realized they weren't going to buy. Yeah. And I was like, we just have to do better. And I'm tired of waiting for other people to do better. Like I'm a problem solver. So how can we just do better? So I put out just a, a kind of APB. I was like, hey, I don't care if you're, on look, if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent. I could care less. Fill out this form. I'll help you. Within an hour, I had like an, a hundred people. And I was like, well, I can't serve all. I can't. How am I going to do this? So that's how the, um, the program came around as the groups was because I needed a scalable resource. So I got all my military friends in San Diego to be able to lean in and to help me to post like rental signs, to do drive-bys, to make sure that they were like legitimate. Um, and that's how it became like a scalable solution. But wow. one of the um, neat things, and mind you, we're not a referral network. So we're all, this is all real estate agent talk. A lot of these networks are charged like 25 to 35%. Like, right, we all know that. Or they charge a good percent. I hate quoting the percent, but they charge a percent. And what I found at least, brace for the hate, is that the higher the percent these networks want, the lower caliber of agent who's willing to take the deals because I was one of those agents. So I, when veterans United opened an office in San Diego and they had, it had been taken over by some gentlemen who were very big in the space. Um, and I had heard from my, one of my agents in Hawaii, like, Hey, these guys are coming, they're doing this. They do these like in like webinar type things, these you know, in the office education, you should try to get an alignment with you. They'll, they'll give you deals. I was like, Oh, cool. We should do this. I mentioned it to my broker at the time and he was like, you know, you really need to be like more careful, like who and what you align with. I was like, no, oh, okay. Okay. So I just like kind of took a step back 
Well, four months later, we had a broker relationship with this, uh, this office now, and all those deals were 50%. And within three months of that, my, my broker and the like, uh, managing office manager came to me like, why aren't you taking our deals? Like, why aren't you, why won't you work with us? You're like one of the top agents in the office. We want people taken care of. And as I sat there with like my seven week old baby in my arms and my two toddlers running around and my husband still active duty, I was like, I'm not going to work twice as hard for 50%. Mm-mm. Why would you? And so, yeah, you right, so when I came, I don't have the luxury. Yeah. Like I need to be here, raise my kids. And so when it came time to expanding the network, we didn't do it as that model. We, we do it as a licensing model. Um, but that was really important to me because the, that means that we, as the business owners, right, we gave up a lot of profits and that, I mean, y'all do the math on 35% of some of the numbers I just gave you. Right. I'd be taking this call from my private jet. Um, I'm not, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, but that meant that it took us a couple of years to like stabilize the revenue, like really become like an actual like functioning business where we weren't worried about where we were serving a lot of people and we were helping a lot of people and helping a lot of agents become very, very successful. But like me and my business owner did not have the same stability. And when we finally did in our community, the military community is very um, sometimes judgmental. And so our name was growing. And at that point, one of the, in one of the big groups, they were the, someone had called us out. I had gone to Facebook jail for like one day. And this person had called us out and was like, hey, like who's running all these pay it forward groups? Like they got to be making money off of this. And I'm in Facebook jail because I had shared a post off of our page into all of our groups. And so then it put me in jail. So I couldn't post in any groups unless I was the admin of the group. I was like, but you just put me in jail for posting. It made no sense. But I couldn't respond. So now all of my agents are interacting in, in this community, in this forum, and we're in like, and I'm just watching it go down. They literally, Beth, they pulled our pictures off of the website. I'm like, it's this girl and this, this guy, and I'm a military spouse and he's a veteran. But that was as someone who gave up so much to build it. Like, believe me, you all can do math. Like, let me go back to San Diego and sell million dollar houses. Yeah. Like, and so that was so hard for me. But at that moment, I also realized that when this does become more stable, we as a corporation have to live our value, right? It has to be pay it forward. So one of the things that I love about pay it forward is, you know, anyone who comes gets the help that they need. But us as a corporation, how do we show that? And I remember watching the 60 Minutes um, episode with Veterans Community Project on it. Uh, it was Brian Meyer, one of my good friends now. He's the CEO and founder of Veteran out of um, Kansas City, um, Missouri. And he uh, was sharing how uh, they built these tiny homes for veterans, transitional housing for homeless veterans. And I've always believed that you, we can't only be interested in housing when we get a paycheck. Like we can't. You have to be interested in solving solutions at all levels. And so I went to my business partner and said, we, I want we are going to make this work. We are going to be very successful and we are going to be a part of this movement. And so at this point, ourselves, our, our partners uh, with Pay Aboard Home Loans and my ambassadors, my incredible ambassadors, um, we never asked them to give. I told them, I made a commitment to them. I would never take their take or touch their commission and not this year, but the last year. Over the last two years, they've basically taken that out of our hands at our annual retreat and been like, we're gonna build a house. So in 2022, they raised, fundraised $50,000 within like seven hours 
to build a tiny home. Uh, and this last oh, year, cool. they built a half a half a home. They built twenty five thousand dollars worth. And then us corporately, um, we've also been donating. So I think across the years that we've been working with them now, it's about one hundred fifty thousand dollars. So three tiny houses. So that to me was awesome. important as we grew. Is how do you maintain the mission that you were founded on? Right. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a military spouse anymore. I, I, I'm blessed enough to have moved into a great neighborhood. I, I need to continue to find ways to pay it forward, to pay it back, and to make sure that this company, no matter how big it gets, lives the mission that we were built on. That's really special. I love that. So impactful. We don't live in a military community here in Minnesota. The military presence is really small. So when I hear all these military stories, it's really, it's so cool because it's so different than like what. I know. Yeah. I'm sure. I love it. How have you seen like, so you're not, are you doing anything in like day-to-day real estate anymore or just like mentoring and. Yeah, no queen. I will not, you will not see my name on a contract. Um, even in San Diego when we were still there, um, my husband uh, got his license and started like opening doors just because we had friends who who wanted help. And I was like, you know what? I, I want to be able to take care of the people we care about still. But when we moved to Nashville, we really just kind of hung onto our licenses for to be able to serve people through EXP. So I look at, um, because also pay it forward, it's not, uh, uh, it's nothing to do with the brokerage rights. Basically marketing is what it falls under. Right. So, um, so yeah, no, you know, you'll never see my name on a contract again, God willing. I, I, I serve through other people. Um, I, you know, one of the questions I ask myself is, you know, how much of an impact can I make here? And while I love selling homes, like, and we can all do the math and you can sell a good amount of homes, a good amount of price point, make a great living, right? To me, it was a limited impact and, you know, helping our hundred agents serve a hundred thousand families, which I know then is like 300,000 kids statistically, that just fills my cup more. So it's, Sometimes it gets used against you for people who are no longer in production. Um, that's okay. Like I'm here for the impact. No, it just looks different. It feels different. I love that. But you're still mentoring agents and growing mm-hmm. in EXP. When did you move to EXP? Or what okay. caused that? I'm going off a script right now, by the way. Yeah, no worries. I, I've wandered into a lunch and learn. I know some people feel like... <laughs> feel like slighted by this. Like I was invited to lunch and then someone like pulled out like an EXP map. I was like, I am. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I'm probably that proven person that now they do this everywhere. But I stumbled into a lunch and learn with, with uh, Dan and, and Mary Maloney, Dan Beer and Mary Maloney. And they just made the move and they were talking about how they looked at each other as competitors, but they realized that through this model, they could share and all win and I was looking at my business and what I was paying a coach. I looked at the level of business that they were running and I was like, why would I continue to pay someone, you know, X amount of dollars if I could just come align with them here and get this, you know, support. Um, but that was very much around like the transactional building of business. And it absolutely was that, right? Just coming and they opened their playbook um, and were willing to, to share anything they possibly could with me. Um, and so that's why I try to do with my agents is, I mean, I still have paid coaching programs that some of them participate in and some of them, you know, choose not to. Um, but I, I do give openly to my downline. We actually coach twice a week, um, on Mondays and Wednesdays, just like a 30 minute, like try to get them something quick, actionable and like go take action. Um, I just, I think the model is absolutely incredible. And here's the thing guys, like I don't, I don't like win 
if you go under Beth, like you should be open to the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, don't call me, call these ladies. You should be open to the opportunity. I wish I was open to it earlier. I was that person. I was like, ah, yes, right. That was exactly me too. I'm like, dang it. I wish I would have really opened my eyes sooner. But it, it taught me a lesson, girl. I'm open to all opportunities now. Literally, I have people from, you know, I have people from real. They're like messaging me. I'm like, okay, help me understand how it's a better opportunity. Yeah. I want to know. And I, cause I, t- I learned my lesson, right? I, I wasn't open to it. And that to me as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, we have to be open to it. You, you don't have to let derail your business, but you have to be open to opportunities as they come. And that's what I learned about myself in that process is I have to be more open when opportunities present themselves to truly weigh if that's the right choice for me and my business. Maybe it's not, but I didn't take that time. The first time I was presented with it, I, and so for those people who do, who do that, I'm just like, ah, I just, I pray that they come with an open mind. And if they still decide it's not right for them, then good for them. They they did with their eyes open with all the information. Um, But for me, I, I wish I would have been more open-minded sooner. Me too, man. Me too. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I would love to know, what would you say to a realtor who's completely overwhelmed and they know they need to be on social media, but they just don't know where to start and it feels overwhelming. And which one do I tackle? I have no idea what to do. So I do nothing. It's really overwhelming. Uh, yes. So number one, I want you to go to your Facebook business page that you have posted on meticulously for the last three years and collected all of your reviews on that no one reads and po- do all of your 20 posts a month that no one interacts with. And I want you to either private that page or I want you to not post any more content on that page. Because the funny thing is, is that it's not that you just don't want to do social media. It's that they're willing to do the wrong social media that just isn't getting them any results. And then those individuals or that group of people then look for the next easy way out. And this is where I'm probably not very liked because I don't like to give people the easy way out. I want you to give you the path that's going to actually get you results. So there's a lot of companies out there where it's like, I'm going to give you the easy way out. Here's templated content for you. And this is, these are 10, this is how you post them. Right. And I'm like, no, that you were just, you were again, just checking a box to get no results. Just don't waste your time checking the box. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. So in my opinion, I think the most opportunity right now isn't TikTok and Instagram. I think that using the content capsule model, like I just shared with you guys, where we have like a, a, a group of videos that are already created. We also have like snapshots, a, uh, another album of snapshots of text on screen that like spoke to us. Maybe it's educational, maybe it's inspirational. But when you're going through, it's like, oh, I get that. Like that spoke to me, right? Snapshotting it. Um, and then we can use a trending sound with those three things in three TikToks a week and three reels a week. You could make some substantial headway of building your personal brand on social, but I'd love to see you do more. Absolutely. But I think that's a good place to start. And it's very, um, bite size. And then once you start to see a little bit of, of action taken or a little bit of results, then it's easier to say, okay, I want to try to do this once a day. Also, this is like the, for those of you who are listening to this, I'm holding up a chart and I can, I can send you guys this. Um, but this is my, LT. I've been watching you post that on social. It's so fun. One video a day. So this is like the grown up version of a star chart where it's like, <laughs> if you post the video, then you get to fill in the day. But like, I'm telling you, it, it does something mentally to you. You're like, I can't 
I can't not fill it in. What am I going to post today? It's the whole idea of like what you focus on expands, right? So how can you put it in front of yourself where you're thinking about it, where you're not going to make an excuse, you're going to take action instead. So little things like that, um, just helpful to, to actually get into action versus listening to our own excuses. Yes, that's so great. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. I love that. Well, Lauren, tell us where people can find you. What's the easiest way to find you? Best way to find me is either on TikTok or Instagram, which is at like Lauren Taylor. So I have changed my handles. I have taken my own advice and streamlining my branding and it's all at like Lauren Taylor. I love it. Love it. So thank you love so it. much. Thank you so Thanks much for, for being, being here. We appreciate You're you welcome. and your time and all of your wisdom. It's awesome. You're one of my favorite newer follows. So I'm pretty pumped about this. <laughs> Thanks. Well, tell your friends. I, I will. I will. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks, ladies. Awesome. Thank you so much. So, Thanks, Lauren. Yeah. Until next time, remember to keep your face off a bus bench and keep being the badass boss babe that you are. Okay, girls. Are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.